Hello, this is Pastor Rondi. Uh, want to um, kind of preface, this is a special podcast that we're doing, an emergency podcast in light of some of the things that are going on in our country right now in uh, reaction to the Michael Brown case. Um, you're going to hear basically two podcasts that we put together. Um, one is a podcast with Dr. Gabriel Rogers as well as some police officers and some other people that have joined in um, kind of spur the moment uh, we had several people come on the line and then um, I'm actually talking to a friend of mine Levi 2 King who lives in St. Louis but just so happened as we were talking on the phone he was driving through Ferguson had to go to Ferguson this morning uh, to do uh, some work. So, with no further ado, some of the sound quality is not good, but just check it out. This is a podcast, Michael Brown, part one and part two. All right. Father God, we just thank you right now for this time that we're going to spend briefly, Lord, uh, discussing what's going on here uh, in our country. And, uh, Lord, we just ask you right now, um, that you would speak to us, speak through us, Lord. I pray that this podcast and uh, those that subscribe, almost a thousand, will uh, will listen to this, and to, uh, I pray that it will be a blessing to them and help frame um, some of what's going on, the same old stuff that we've been saying a long time. But, Lord, I just pray that somebody, uh, or, and if, if we the somebody that need to rise up, Lord, you give us the platform to say it uh, on a broader level. In Jesus' name. All right. Um, I'm going to mute everybody. Conference muted. Except for uh, Dr. Gabriel. To have a comment, um, you can press five star, and I'll see you. If you have a comment, something to say, we'll press five star. Uh, I got my friend Dr. Gabriel Rogers on, and uh, we are so connected. Uh, we didn't need a lot of preliminary discussion because we don't have the same page with this stuff that's going on culturally. How you doing? Dr. Rogers. Pastor Rondi, how are you, sir? And thank you for having me on. I'm having a little trouble with uh, hearing you. You fade a little bit at the end, but it's a blessing to be here. Okay. Can you hear me better now? I can hear you better now. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, we're getting calls and everybody's talking about what's going on. Uh, it is hard for me to even watch a lot of the stuff that was going on on last night. Um, I mean, just what is your perspective? I mean, let's let's recap it. I know that uh, a young man, Michael Brown, at some point, uh, I think it was in August, robbed a convenience store, strong-armed the clerk, left there, and uh, got involved with a police officer, 
the police officers supposedly, from what the evidence is saying now, um, there was a scuffle inside of the squad car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police officer testifies that the Michael Brown carried and um and then there was a shot inside of the car which grazed the young man's hand or something like that. He ran from the police, fleeing from the police. Police told him to stop. He turns back around, starts charging the police officer, if the testimony is true, and cooperated with several witnesses, and uh, all of which who were African Americans. Mm-hmm. Turned back around and started charging police officer. Police officer started shooting. He stopped. Um, police officer stopped shooting. He got up, started charging them again. Police start, started shooting again, and supposedly from the police officer, he had his hands um, in his, you know, in his trousers, like you know, he was getting ready to draw something out. Right. So, fast forward, Al Sharpton, um, Jesse Jackson. Uh, of course, this is a photo op for them. They go down. Another innocent, innocent black African American. Young man, his life ahead of him, he shot down in the streets. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> what's your take on it, brother? Yeah, well, and my goodness, I, I like you cringe, and I just, I just think it's tantamount to start with this statement. Uh, first of all, to qualify everything we talk about over the next 10 to 15 minutes, Racism is real. It's alive. Um, And unfortunately, blacks, we have been um, a target of this for many, many years, to say the least. So I know most certainly would not discount that and the wickedness of it. And even the Bible backs up just how unjust the legal system is. Um, Our young boys are almost twice as, uh, as high to go to jail, if not more, than whites for the same crime, um, we get stricter judgments. So all that's true. But to your point and to my point, most importantly, is the fact that there is an undercurrent that is being ignored. Uh, according to the CDC, uh, from ages 15 to 34, homicide, and that's murder, homicide is the leading cause of death for African Americans, age 15 to 34. Okay. What we also ignore is while Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, to your point, have this photo opportunity to stand in and talk about, quote, unquote, another innocent young black man is shot down. Not a one of them have been, to my knowledge, uh, to Chicago or the news to Chicago to put publicists on the fact that over 90 percent of those multiple murders uh, for African Americans in Chicago is guess who? Black people shooting black people. So we have an outrage and we burn buildings down and we go crazy because yes, a white man has killed a black man. But with all of the lucrative business the funeral home guys and undertakers in Chicago, South Chicago are getting these days, no one, no one has placed an amplifier on that 
uh, and I call it trained ignorance um, because how dare we project our anger to so many other people on what's occurring when over 90% of these murders in one of the most metropolitan cities, and that's just one city. Uh, we've not talked about New Orleans. We've not talked about Detroit. But over 90% of those murders happen to be black-on-black crime. Uh, but I didn't see any buildings burnt down because of that. No buildings being burnt down, brother. I didn't see any. Nope. In fact, some mother buried her son today, I'm sure. Um, exactly. I, I, yeah, I saw I saw no. And just so the folk who are listening to this interview are aware, you know, I just counseled uh, three hours ago a drug dealer in my own office uh, of whom had relatives murdered before him, uh, has a very close relative murdered, had other relatives that uh, are in jail because of the same thing he's participating in, just counseled with him. He just accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior, <clears throat> and that's awesome. Uh, but how about we start dealing with our own people and reconstruct their minds um, and help them come out of Egypt instead of sounding the alarm on how other folk gun us down? Um, don't want to hog the show, bro. What what what, what do you think? <laughs> well, no, man, that's what, that's what I called you, man. Uh, you know, yeah. And, and, um, and we did a whole thing on Trayvon Martin that we're going to probably repost during this time because I, I just don't have the energy to re-say everything that we've said before. Right. Um, but, yes, racism is alive. It's a lie. I, I've been I've been profiled. I remember this, it happened not long ago. Um, I was picking up my son. Um, uh, uh, was before he started driving last year, and we were sitting. I, I was sitting in the. I mean, you know, you the the uh, Honda Odyssey. Okay. Mm-hmm. That looked like a criminal's vehicle. No rims, not like that. Honda Odyssey, I got on a shirt and tie because it was a Sunday. I just got through preaching. So I got a shirt and tie, and uh, uh, this guy pulls up, white officer, another officer behind him. Uh, what are you doing? I got sound equipment in the van um, and, uh, you know, from the church and stuff. So I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I'm picking up my son. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing with all the sign equipment back there? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Here's oh. the hatred. Mm-hmm. Well, it's my, it's my sign equipment. Yeah, what, what are you doing with all that? So, you know, mm-hmm. the Black Panther rose up in me. Like, I don't think it's nobody's business what I'm doing with my sign equipment, you know? What I want to do with it. Right. And I'm, I'm like, look, dude of church. I just got out of church. I'm in a suit and tie. Well, there's been a lot of people robbing places. Do it look like I'm getting ready to rob? Matter of fact, with all this sound equipment, what am I? I don't even have a room to put nothing in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And it was harassment. It was undue harassment. They left. They went over to the next parking lot, sat there and watched, you know, sure. while crackheads and <laughs> other sure. criminals <laughs> Getting away with murder, you know. Right, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we understand that, but, but by the same token, my brother, um, this is uh, 
incredible to me. Uh, um, you know, what's been going on? And so, okay, fast forward to the verdict last night, okay. Now, you know, I was I was walking in the store today, and it just dawned on me, you know, because we want to talk about racism. Let's talk about the under the underside of racism, which, okay, looting. Now, now, Dr. Roger, and we got we got a couple of police officers on the line right now, and I'm going to open the line up to at least one of them in a few minutes. But but you tell me, if I break into a store and take stuff out, have I committed a crime? Well, you you most certainly uh, have committed a crime. And yet that goes played down as something that is now acceptable. And what, yes. we don't, what we don't realize is is that we have contributed then to the lawless. you lawlessness. You remember when the KKK, if this was a real letter, but I remember some years ago when the KKK um, wrote a letter uh, to us, to the black to the black folks, thanking us for for carrying out <laughs> their presentation of us thanking us for killing each other and i forgot who coined it i would give them credit if i knew who coined it but somebody said the new kk is simply kin killing kin (laughs) and so when we go in and we loot stores and we perform what we know the bible refers to as lawlessness uh, we confirm the ideas that they or anyone else has about us Um, and it's just like the person who is so upset about how everyone has done them wrong. I don't, I don't mean it, but but just just briefly, Pastor, how everyone's done them wrong. Take the young lady who everyone has done her wrong. She's been broken in four different relationships. Every guy left her, but it never occurs to her the five abortions she had though. Did, you know, did did you do wrong? You know, and and I say that with such sensitivity because I know that's a sensitive subject. Which, by the way, Al Sharpton fought to have a billboard taken down that told African-Americans in their neighborhood in New York not to have abortions, but he wanted that down. But uh, needless to say, so it's that inability to see thyself, to thine own self be true. It it just goes out the door. We can act crazy because of something done to one individual, but most certainly don't call us on that because we have a right to be foolish. Oh, man, here's here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Okay, so, so we say the same thing. You get a verdict, okay, which the justice system, everything's corrupt. It's all, all wicked. However it goes, the verdict comes out. Police cars. Put a police car on fire, mm-hmm. and the police officers don't do nothing. Doc. Don't nobody do nothing. We got CNN, uh, Fox News, Fox doing it. Had the cameraman looking at all the looting from the liquor store and stuff. I saw the little white dude. You know, Fox News, they was like the only news station that didn't have no black people to see it. It was funny. Because mm-hmm. everybody else is somebody black, right? So Fox News, a little white guy out there, he's like, yeah, let's go check out the liquor store, what they're looting over there. So then he starts calling out to the little black lady coming out the liquor store 
with 40s, you know, vodka, gin, everything, man. Mm-hmm. So finally, they try to get too close, and one of the black is walk up to him. Man, L Fox News, L Fox News, and then uh, attacked the cameraman, destroyed the camera. And that's something. So then Fox News, you know, correspondents in the, in the office, because the big guys ain't going down there, right? The Shepherds, the Hannity, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the O'Reilly's, the, mm-hmm. the Kelly Fire, all them people, they in the office. They're like, yeah, we're trying to make connection back with our with a guy out there on the street. Hope nothing happened to him. Hope nothing happened to him. Police officers right there. Right. Nobody right. gets arrested. Now, and then you got the black folks saying, you know, they didn't have to, why, he didn't have to, why you had to shoot the little man? Blah, blah, blah. This is why he had to shoot the dude. This is the same spirit of lawlessness that's Hello. in us and that's in our people. That's and right. to me, we got to deal with our people, man. We yeah, got to deal yeah, with our young folk. And, and you know who I'm going to blame for all this, right, Gabe? You know who I'm going to blame. I'm not blaming the, the homosexuals. Mm-hmm. not blaming the Democrats. not blaming the President Obama. not blaming the Republicans. I'm not blaming the white people. Who am I going to blame? You're going to blame us. Yes, sir. It's the church, man. Church. You got it. And And rightfully so, because... To you and I's point, the church is vague. We have no position on anything. Our church has a program where we groom our young boys. We just brought in two of the officers from our church. Um, one works for the county, one, one works for the city, to talk to our boys about what to do when you think you're about to be arrested, even when you're not <laughs> guilty. What to do. I mean, That's just good. the fundamentals on Fundamental. how you do when you have been profiled, what you do in the meantime, how you say yes, sir, how you do not go in your glove compartment, how you put your hands where they can be seen, what do you do uh, when you're about to be arrested? And to begin with, how to not go in a store and elbow a store clerk while you're still in bread, okay? Like, let's, let's talk about some of those things that just conveniently get overlooked in our community. Um, how to not look like a monster. How do I look like a thug? Uh, you know, Marvin Winans, uh, and I can say this because it's public knowledge, but this is just my opinion. Uh, when his truck got stolen from him, you know what he said? He said, I stopped at the gas station and I did see all the thugs, all the guys who look, you know, the African American boys who did not look like they was right, but I was convinced that I would not be afraid of us, is what he said. Now, my position is this. If I see a gas station and there are guys who look like monsters, uh, unless I don't have enough gas to get to the next gas station, <laughs> I'm not stopping there because by default you look like you could hurt me. And everyone got mad, and that's, you know, then his car got stolen. Everyone got mad at Mark Cuban when he said he would cross the street if he saw a certain kind of profile in a young man. Dude, he said, but he said it about the black would. and the white guy. He did not just Dude, say about Everybody us. would. Everybody <laughs> you would. better believe it. Every, I everybody would. would. Yes, and, sir. And I think it, it was a, it was a secular, secular, secular comedian. Um, you know, <laughs> my son talked about this. I think it was Chris Rock. And he brought out the point talking about, yeah, you know, the media. The media is always making us look bad. Media is always making us look bad. Mm-hmm. He said, "Man, when I when I stop at the gas station, looking over my shoulder, 
I'm not looking for the media. <laughs> he said, when I go to the ATM, I'm not scared the media going to rob me. Right. You know, we obviously doing some stuff, and the culture has so broken down, so broken down. We're going to get some uh, some comments in here, uh, Dr. Roger, if you have a moment, some questions. Uh, five star if you have a comment or a question. Um for me or Dr. Rogers, we're going to bring this to a close in a few minutes. But uh, we wanted to uh, we wanted to definitely address this and record this so we could post this. I think this is my son. Go ahead, Lucy. Go ahead, man. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. We can hear you. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, being that I am, you know, African American male and. You know, uh, I'm 18, just like Michael Brown. Uh, he was 18 uh, when that whole uh, situation happened. Um, I have a whole lot of things, a whole lot of viewpoints, you know, different different uh, viewpoints met, you know, with this whole thing. But the only thing I hate about this type of stuff is that whenever things like this happen, wherever it's a media uproar over cases like this, you know, there is, like, about 20 minutes of excitement, and then, you know, about three weeks later, we forget about it. You know, we totally forget about it. Trayvon Martin, you know, they, you might refer back to it, but the excitement is gone. So nobody wants to do anything. Nobody wants to take action. Um, and first, I do blame the church, um, and y'all talked extensively about that. So I'm not going to, you know, rehash what y'all already said. But, it, yes, it is the church's fault. Um but secondly, I think it's largely attributed to this, you know, mainstream hip-hop culture that uh, a lot of these, you know, millionaire stars um, have really, you know, said to these young people. And it really upsets me as an African-American male, 18-year-old, that unless, you know, I, I walk around and, you know, in, in, you know, in, in, in sagging jeans, um, and 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 a a, a long over large jersey and a snapback hat and some Jordans, you know, I'm not too effective. I don't have a voice, and I feel like a lot of young people feel, especially in the hood, that the only way they go, they're going to be able to have a voice is through this uh, hip hop outlet, and it goes back to the church. You know, the church has not created an outlet for young people to speak what they feel like are problems for them. You know, they don't have an outlet for young people to go to and, and to, to really express their, their their concerns and all of that. Um, and hip-hop has only really been able to be successful in letting young people have a voice in today's culture. And I think a lot of uh, the older generation has neglected their role as the mentors, as the people that's supposed to be leading these young people um, in the right direction. So, you know, you have, like, like the Bible says, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, so you have all of these, you know, teenagers out here who are walking around aimlessly. I mean, I'm talking about they don't know what they're doing. They're just going along with whatever. And we have these older generation that's just watching them do whatever. And they don't, you know, the young people, they don't have a voice. So I don't really blame Michael Brown um, for doing what he did. I mean, obviously, you know, he, you know, it's responsibilities on him because he did it. But I don't blame him too much. For you know, maybe for robbing their store because maybe five minutes before, if uh, an older black man saw him and he looked kind of suspicious, 
and he was like he's about to get into some activity and told and, and 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 pulled him over to the side and actually tried to talk to him. Then maybe he would have changed. Maybe if his family uh, well, who well, well let me yeah let me let me say this. I, I agree with that. I, I I don't think five minutes before. I think some years before uh, should have been affected by by some older folk. But you bring up a, a, a very important point that I wanna I wanna address. Uh and I think I got I think I got Pat, uh which is our our resident uh peaceful uh uh protest that went on last night. There were a lot of generations of people out there. And I did hear one that uh Somebody at point uh, that there was I guess created a human chain in front of the uh, one of those stores and told them they wouldn't have a loop, you know, over there. But there was no like they already had authority in the lives of those other younger kids. You know what I mean? And it seems like you know maybe somebody with some sense out there. Not the white folk, not the white media, but the black folk. You know, there were older people, uh, you know, my age and older and, you know, 35, 40, that were out there to peacefully protest. But, you know, we didn't see anybody really trying to intervene much. And even that store that they, they blocked off at that one point eventually, eventually got looted and, and, and uh, fire got set to it. So what do you say to that? Brother Pat? Yes, sir. Are you on? Sir, yeah, sir. Brother Rogers, are you Come on? on? I'll tell you something. Yeah. I'm so that was, uh, okay. Well, well, what yeah. I said, first so of all, I want to say, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I want to say, first of all, I mean, my, my prayers go out to the family. I mean, it's it's really unfortunate uh, for young uh, minorities, uh, particularly a black man, to, to, to go down like that in that fashion. Um Secondly, I mean, I, I, the way I approach the situation and everything you're saying, man, it's, it all fall, falls under uh, authority. Um, one of the scriptures I use all the time just to meet myself and to gauge it is Romans 13. Obviously, it says in verse 3, it says, For authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I've grown up in the hood. I'm in New York. I mean, I've, I've been subject of, um, I've been a victim of, obviously, stereotyping and all that racial profiling you know, slamming into the wall, empty your pockets and, and harass and all that kind of stuff. But I've never I've never approached it in a fearful manner because I know I did nothing wrong. Now, had I uh, done something or twitched a certain way where, where the officer thought I was being uh, aggressive, where he feared for his life, I mean, obviously it would have been another story. But ultimately, um, I think this whole thing, obviously, like you said, it goes back to the church and teaching authority. Um, and going back to the family. I mean, I looked on this whole case thinking that, um, you know, those are the two parents on the screen mourning and everything like that. I didn't know there was a stepfather involved, and the stepfather is the one who's actually, uh, you know, edging the crowd on, hey, burn this, be down, burn this, be down. And I was like, man, that's another issue right there. you got the biological father calm, telling people, you know, to calm down and, and, and you know, let's do it the right way. you got the other, got the stepdad, which is so sad because obviously, I mean, who knows what happened, but it just, as a, the, our black people as a whole, man, I mean, dysfunction in the home is, is like, that's the number one factor as well. 
I mean, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a sub number one or whatever. <laughs> I don't want to order it, but it's a problem. And just well, Pat, people, Pat, yeah, go ahead. Pat, can, can, okay, can we address the criminality? I, I still don't feel like that even on this call. Okay, the dude was a suspect or not. Correct. Okay. Correct. He was a suspect, so, and, and as a as, uh-huh. as a police officer, how do you deal with a suspect? Okay. Number one, if he's a suspect, you got all probable cause to stop that individual. It doesn't matter. You don't got to explain to him, hey, sir, come over here. And if that person doesn't comply, obviously, you you know, you there's, a, there's always a letter, I mean, a ladder of force. Um, obviously, you talk to the person, go hands-on, and as it excels, you go you excel as well. But any criminal, any, per, any suspect, um, any person suspicious of doing a crime or anything like that or suspected of doing a crime, um, you have every right to pull that person over, you have every right to, to summon that person, hey, come over here and talk to you. And if that person stops, I mean, it fails to comply, and that person is a suspect, you can detain that individual. So what I, based on the story, that's how it happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And he but but wait a minute. Didn't the, didn't, the video, didn't the video come out? Like, did we got we got the video of the dude robbing the convenience store. Exactly. Which right? gets probable cause right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all these civil rights, let's join the conversation. Can we have a conversation about young black boys going into convenience stores strong on robbing folks? Well, you can't. Can we have that conversation? You know, and you can't, and and I love what the officer said uh, about the authority in the Romans 13 passage, because you can't have that conversation until you have an authority conversation, until you have a judge's conversation. And it's funny, that book called Judges, where everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes, so you, you can't have those conversations with people who champion causes that have no validity. How, how do you have that conversation with a Jesse Jackson and an Al Sharpton who champion the cause of the wicked Margaret Singer and Planned Parenthood? Right. And I know this is not a call about abortion, but I just want to I want to link the morality. When you use the term criminality, you're exactly right, and we have to link the morality to stuff. You You can't. You can't sit down and have a dialogue with someone who's having an affair and, and talk to them about why we shouldn't lie. Okay, because he, he's, having an, he's having an affair, but you want him to champion the cause of not lying. Now, in his eye, he's only having an affair. <laughs> but right, exactly. by all default of morality, he falls in the category of deficit of truth. And whenever we're deficit of truth, we have nothing to offer. You, you, you have nothing to offer me, you know, and folk aren't going to like this, but you have nothing to offer me when you're shacking. You, you can't tell me how to invest my money if you're fornicating because I'm, I'm right. looking at all of you. So in African-Americanism, we've always had an element of truth. Even our ancestors, I'll say this, and then, guys, i got to scoop, but I want to throw this at you. I want you to consider some of the people and we'll really get in trouble for this, but that we've celebrated for what they did for us through black history. You know, mm-hmm. Malcolm X's, some of the other guys, even Martin King, some other guy. Won't say names, but check it out. Do you realize some of those folks were womanizers and mm-hmm. alcoholics and didn't yep. love Jesus? Malcolm X didn't mm-hmm. love Jesus at all, okay? But these, these are the folks that get the spotlight on our Sunday morning services during the month of, of February 
as we link it back to the church. So mm-hmm. until the church gets some moral fiber again, and I'm particularly talking about the black church, and we start landing back at truth, like come what may, and we don't vote for people just because they're black, you know, until we start really getting back to, hey, you know, if you agree with homosexuality, I don't agree with you even if you are black. Until we get back to just fundamental truths, like why you got a wife and a girlfriend, we can't even have these dialogues with folk like that because there's no such thing as collusion with people who disagree with God. And that's the Christian argument, gentlemen, is that we would agree with God. You go back to Ferguson, Pastor, lawlessness 101 is being demonstrated these days. And to your point, it's our fault. And I would pray that the pastors who listen to this, like you and I, will be salt. That we would exactly. load the decay. Gentlemen, I love you. Amen. Pastor, thank you for having me. You guys can continue. I appreciate it. All right. God bless you. Bless but, you, brother. You know, to, to, that, to that point, um, and I think I got another call. I wanted to make a comment. Uh, one, let's see, 3670. Go ahead. Hey, it's me, Pastor. Um, and I, I've been an officer for about, you know, about four years. And, you know, and being in the field of law. Oh, go ahead. Can you hear me? You know, just, just being in the sphere, just being in the 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 field of law enforcement, uh, I have felt the resistance actually grow against people. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, people are like mm-hmm. we don't trust the police, and and we don't we're not gonna let down our windows wrong and we're wrong, and, and they're, they're so bold talking back to police officers now. They're, they're like the mm-hmm. like the resistance. And, and what it does to, to us is like, man, you know what? We don't even really want to work because because mm-hmm. the work becomes the work becomes it, it becomes more of a um, a fear of what they are they going to mm-hmm. record us or, or are they going to say something? But then when they really need us, that's when they want us to be there, and that's why police officers take so long to get to a call sometimes because y'all really don't want us. Mm. Y'all really, mm. don't, y'all really don't want us there. Y'all only want us there when it benefits you. But when, mm-hmm. when it really costs us to do our job and actually pull people over, why y'all pulling us over? So we mm-hmm. stand back, and we become more, you know, reactive versus proactive. Mm. That's so, good, man. And, 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 and you know, for I mean, you African American police officer Pettis as well. You know, I mean, it, it makes it hard out there, man, for you guys. You know, um, and, and the thing is, even the black kids, the black, the black, black men, the black men, the I'm telling you, the black brothers don't even respect the black brothers as police officers. Oh, I know, I know. Mhm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Y'all, y'all Uncle Toms and stuff like this. Yeah. You know, are you working? Nah, you working for the man? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Uh, 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 we talked about the spirit of lawlessness. That's Second Thessalonians two and seven, and we're going to write this up. It says, "For the power of breaking the law, or the spirit of lawlessness, is already at work in the world." But that power can only do so much until the one that keeps back the man of sin is taken out of the way. So it's talking about the Holy Spirit. 
you know, back to both of you guys, uh, Pat and 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 uh, 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 Pat and um, Courtney. Here's my question to you guys, man. You know, at what point did these guys fail last night and maintain an order down there in Ferguson? Because we got we got cameras. We got, I mean, we got we watching these people commit crimes, and nobody's arresting nobody. Nobody's tasing anybody. They can just go ahead and loot because we're angry because the black community is angry. So we can go ahead and loot and and just do whatever, and it's understandable. You know, that's what I heard about all the black outlets. You know, uh, it's understandable. You know, the community is speaking back. The community, no nah, man, they they breaking laws. We're going into the liquor store, getting four four forty ounces and running out. What they got to do with speaking out? Hey, Pastor, to answer that question, Pastor, to tell you the truth, they just failed to just to just uphold the law. That, that, that's but no that's what I'm saying. So then they promoted the the very lawlessness that this man, uh, whatever the officer's name is, he's taking it on the chin for. To me, that's when you go out in full force and you maintain order like you do. You you abide, make people abide by the law. But it seemed like like no. Like, nobody said what I'm saying. Nobody on Fox, nobody on CNN. It was just like, oh, man, we can't stop them. It's uncontrollable. They're looting. No, don't. You're going to jail. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, arrest these people, put them in handcuffs, put them in jail. Why is it right any other time of the day or year you can't go bust some windows out of McDonald's and, and, and setting stuff on fire and get away with it? That's lawlessness. And That's to me, if you're going to be a police officer, man, you know, and, and during them times right there, man, that's where you got to step up and say, look here, man, we got we got to uphold the law. I don't care what public opinion is. So it seemed to me that even on last night with all the news it was like this is acceptable behavior of black people. What, what? I mean, what else can we expect from them? They're angry. They're angry. So, so they got to break into stuff. They got to set stuff on fire. Wait, man, what? Where are the cops? <laughs> man, they hands tied behind their back. Why? Fear. Why? Why their hands tied? They in fear, man. There's not enough officers, you know. They in fear. That's all it is. And that's the million dollar question right there. They don't want to do nothing. Brother, I, I, I bet somebody got shot last night. If I was a cop down there, you but said, it, it, you, I'm going I'm to stand right there and let somebody set a police car on fire. And that thing, uh, I mean, it kept exploding all night. So here's one thing you're putting people in danger, you know? Yeah, that is, that's criminal mischief. That. So, huh? you guys said that. Um, no, according to this criminal mischief. Uh, yeah, but you can add to that as well. I mean, um, over, they said, they stated that over 150 shots were fired fired last night towards the cops, and the cops didn't respond. Now, I mean, 
once again, that's the million dollar question. Why has nothing been done? Why was the National Guard wasn't called or whatever it is going to be? But, um, yeah, they, they failed to uphold the law. I mean, one of it, one thing, one option could be, like I was, like I told you earlier, was maybe they were trying to teach them a lesson, hey, you destroy the community, whatever. I mean, I mean, I know most people were saying, hey, yeah, the people within that community were not for destroying it, but at the same time, you got the, the victim's mom, stepfather, saying burn the bee down. So, I mean, <laughs> it's sort of like Test 22, and it's all like, what do you do? You have no men. The chief, is, the chief of police is about to retire, so he's trying to leave on the clean slate. You got all these political propagandas and political <laughs> opinions on how to grand jury, whatever. I mean, like you said, lawlessness as a whole. That's all it is, man. That's oh, all it was. Oh, my gosh. My people, man. I, I, 150 I, shots? <laughs> 150 shots. Now, when um, that uh, representative, that black uh, lawyer who's representing the Brown family, uh, he was asked that question about that, about the comment of the stepfather. And he responded, hey, you know, they're going through something tough. Um, let's not condemn them from being human. So, I mean, it's the same thing for that officer. Let's not condemn him for being human and want to protect himself. I mean, that's just common sense. At the end of the day, man, y'all police, like I said before, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, bro, y'all want to go home to your family, man. And, man, y'all can't be left at the whim of some crazy kid. You don't know what he's getting ready to do. He charging at you. He got his hands in his pants. Man, what you going to do? I, dude, when... And I went through the little training, the VA, uh, I forget what I call it, what the peace officer, whatever. Yeah, reserve. And they say don't shoot no warning shots. No, you can't. No. no. Man, as, as a police officer, man, we, we are taught that we never die. We are taught that by, like, by any means, as the force escalates, as everything escalates, we do what we got to do to gain control. Period. We yeah, I mean, because, yeah, you don't know what this guy going to do. You don't know what he's going to do to other folk. He already robbed the place. I mean, you know, and, and, and see, to me, y'all, and I'm so passionate about this. I'm passionate about this. To me, the message is sending to the African-American young boys, man. No correction. There's no word of correction on what not. Nobody has on a on a major black platform has commented on this person's actions that probably led him to his early death. Well, if you were at home reading a book, if you were on a job, you probably wouldn't have got killed that night. You probably wouldn't have been trying to rob a store. Eighteen, what are you supposed to be doing at night? Getting in the bed, getting ready to go to college the next day, getting in the bed or at work, getting ready to go to work, something. Nobody ties the actions of these individuals to the outcome. We got another comment, and we get ready to close out. Uh, 0493. Uh, 0493. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's me, Cassandra. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just wanted to comment and to say a couple, make a couple of points, and that is, you know, as far as the the outrage, um, you know, I, I studied criminal justice as well. I have a background in social work and psychology, and 
you know, communities, when they get like this and they act like riots, they have, you know, they, they act like children, which is why they consider the law to be parents' patriarch, where the law will act as a parent. And it's so funny to see how a parent-to-child dynamic plays out because you can just see the spirit of, like, anger and murder just raising up, and it's become so pervasive. And, you know, like a child, like, you know, if a child needs to get disciplined, before they even think about what they did, they mad at their parent for spanking them or for uh, trying to rectify the matter. And, and, and this anger and this murder raises up in them, and they have no they have no fear, they have no respect of their parent until, like Courtney brought up, until they need them. And, you know, what's admirable is, um, you know, Patrick, my husband, he's a cop, and he's been a victim of racial profiling. And I remember when we were dating, he would tell me how the cops would pull him over, and he'd be in the car with a friend, and he'd have to scream at his friend, like, don't act a fool, you're going to get us both killed. But yet still, Pat turns around, respects the law, and becomes, you know, he continues to be a law-abiding citizen enough to the point where he can become an officer. And... You know, yesterday I was talking to my nephew and I told him that this generation, his generation, my generation too, is soft. S-O-F-T, capital, all the way around. The men are soft. They can't take criticism. They can't take responsibility mm-hmm. for their actions. Everything is against them. I work with some young men now, and when I tell them that, you know, that they're, that they're not living up to the expectation of the program that I'm running, they burst into tears. And the genetic strength of a man is broken, and they sound like, you know, like Adam. When God came to ask questions about what's going on, he said, you know, it's the woman you gave to me. And that's how, that's how, that's how all these black people sound and look on TV. It's the law's fault. Therefore, we're doing this because of what they did, X, Y, Z, not, you know, we're going to calm the situation down or rectify or, 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 or aid in peace or, or move in peace because of the spirit of murder. That's upon us as a, as a black people. It's been there from Africa. It's been there from the beginning. A lot of people want to talk about slavery and everything like that, but black people were slaves, were slave traders too. Can't forget about that. And I believe that it's just a, I believe it's just a dynamic curse that continues to live on. That's all. And, and, and you know what? And, and everything you said was right. And uh, I work, I work with a lady, and she was telling me, uh, Lord, tell me this aged lady. She got a lot of wisdom. She said, she said, she told me, she said, Mr. Long, she said, Negroes need high structure. And we do. We need a lot of structure, man. And when you allow any group, I mean, white, black, whatever, but I'm just going to tell you, you let black folk get out of hand and you don't nip that stuff in the bud from Jump Street. They're going to turn it out, and that's what they did last night. It was so embarrassing. But at the, at the flip, the reverse, the reverse uh, racism of the whole thing was you sitting here letting these people do this without any recourse as if, to make the point, yeah, see, they are animals, see? They can't control themselves. Like, nobody... Who else in this country have we seen do this in our lifetime? You don't see Latinos out looting. You don't see white folks out there looting. Black folks, it's just, it's, you know, it's expected. It's expected. It's Actually, expected. we're going to do it. 
The Jews in New York have done something like this before. They, hey, I, I didn't hear about it on a national level, and, and, and thanks for informing no, me. <laughs> no, you won't. But I mean, that was, that was, I'm, that was, I'm just, and I know, I know they did that. Um, I don't know. Were y'all down here by the time? Some, uh, when they did the Wall Street thing or whatever, up in New York. Uh, the ninety percent or the ninety-three—I forget what it was—but they did something. But it was more—it wasn't looting and stuff, you know. Um, it was peaceful protests, and then and they did some. Uh, I think they uh, the most the, the most they did was they just kind of trespassed on parks, and you know they needed outhouses and stuff like that, you know. Um, and so it was causing a hygiene problem. But I'm talking about black folk, man. We're going to turn it out. We're going to set stuff on fire. We're going to loot the lies, the lies. We're going to steal. We're going to, you know, we're going to do all that kind of stuff. And my thing is, you know, uh, with all the networks, CNN, Fox, I think they're all racist because they didn't call it what it was, which was criminal activity. And, you know, something, you know, now you got all this tape footage of these people committing crimes and nothing, nothing's going to happen to them. They're not going to get charged with anything because, well, they were upset. They, they were, there was a community speaking out. I mean, no, they were, they were committing crimes, you know. And to me, it just continues to reinforce the same type of behavior that Michael Brown got killed for in the first place, in the first place. Any more comments, five-star, we're getting ready to close this out. Thank you, everybody, for coming on. Um, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a blessing, you know, to be able to talk this out, and we know that many of you guys feel similar to the way we do and frustrations and so forth. Um, but, man, we, this is why we got to do uh, what we're doing. Um, you know, since just uh, it's been a couple of days on the break and God began to speak to me about the youth, even yesterday before all this happened, some of the things that we're going to do and implement on a continual basis uh, for our youth uh, at our church. And just really, I, I like that I did a game, you know, had, you know, with the police officers there, uh, you know, talking to uh, the young the young men, you know, uh, he, he says things a lot more clinical than I do. What I would call it, how not to get shot and killed by the police. That's the program. That's what we would call our program, how not to get shot by the popo. If you do these things, you will not get shot, and you will not be a Trayvon Martin and, 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 and a uh, Michael Brown case, and folks won't be walking around with your picture on their T-shirt while they loot and stuff. If, if you don't want that to be you, this is what you need to do when you approach white officers. And, and, you know, once again, to the point, yes, racial profile is out there, but y'all, I, I just, I'll just go say, just like Dr. Rogers brought up the point, we racial profile our own, our own people. You see a gang, a, a, a dude standing around a gas pump, you know you're going to the next gas station. I know I am. 
I'm not going to raise your profile. They might be studying the Bible or something. No, they're not. <laughs> we already know what's going on. Everybody know what time it is. So if you black and you do that, what do you think other races do? When a predominant image, like my son said, perpetuated by hip-hop, the, the predominant image of young boys who have adopted the image of hip-hop is, that we're lawless, can't nobody tell us nothing, we ain't afraid of nobody, y'all better be scared of us because you don't know what we're going to do. Now, we know how we handle it on a daily, right? You locking your rims, toting your gun, putting your alarm system on at your house, not because of the media, not because you're scared of the media, not because you're scared of Fox News and white people. It's because you know the, uh, this element, which predominantly is, in the African-American community because there's no father. 80% of our women are single, which go, see, it all ties back together. Waiting, dating, and mean. We need those singles to do right so they can go ahead and marry right so we can, the whole thing. Marriage calls so we keep the marriages tight. Now I'm getting all these calls from people. What are we going to do about the marriage call? What are we going to do? Whatever. That's a whole other podcast. But, y'all, this what, we're so reactive. Now, when our marriage starts falling apart, they want the marriage call. Singles can't get married, can't find nobody. Now they want, you know, waiting day to make. But we got to be proactive. We got to be maintaining and keeping this stuff intact. And, and that, let that be just a part of our daily conversation, everything that we're doing on our daily routine in the church. Our daily routine is to talk to our young men, like we're doing in our, in our uh, men's uh, group at Christian Education, talking to them, explaining them the right stuff, debunking the old stuff, the, or the wrong stuff. Same thing with our females and our young people. But we can't even get to our young people because our old folks is all messed up constantly all the time. So I end with this. <laughs> if my people call by my name, humble themselves, pray, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, <laughs> then will I heal, and I'll heal the whole entire land, entire land. I think Musi had one more comment. Go ahead. Did you have something else? Hello? Okay, we're going to close it out with prayer. Father God, we just thank you right now. We thank you for this moment in time. We thank you for all that you're doing, God, right now in the land, God. And we just pray. We pray. We pray. We pray that something happens, God. Something happens with this whole situation. And, Father, it can turn around. We know that the understated are the churches and those pastors in that city that's trying to do some things. And we know that, you know, somebody's there that have the right perspective and motive. Of course, they don't get the mic. They don't get the camera. They don't get the platform to speak. Only ignorance gets the platform. Only ignorance gets the cameras on them all night on a 12-hour news cycle. Well, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We know that there are believers and spirit-filled folk right there in this city in Ferguson and surrounding towns of St. Louis. And, Lord, we just pray to Father that you would 
intervene right there in the name of Jesus. I pray that you will raise up a national voice, God, Lord, that will be able to speak to our people about this nonsensical, foolish thinking, God. And and I'm talking about not black people. I'm talking about black Christian people. I'm talking about folks that are in the church that are saved. Lord, that if we we got to come together and know what's right so that we can show the way. We are the light and the salt. Show the way to a dark and dying generation. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this time we spent. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you all for being on. Uh, Several you guys came on, and uh, we're going to post this in a few minutes. God bless you guys.